guys, I, I'm, I'm honored to be uh, a member of the first pro team to be on the podcast. I, I guess I can, you know, I feel like I guess I could have to make time for a couple of amateurs who are just trying to talk about soccer. So um, if, if you can pick up any pro tips for me, great. Welcome to Amateur Hour. My name is Chris Davis, and joining me as always is the soccer goose himself, Ben Gosshorn. How's it going, Ben? Doing good. Doing great. Yeah, and uh, joining us uh, this week is the president of the Greenville Triumph. It's Chris Lewis. How's it going, Chris? I'm good. Great, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're actually um, from the like the first pro club we've ever had on. Uh, the the origins of our name amateur hours because we focus on amateur soccer for the most part but sure. we decided recently to kind of expand things a bit and uh really excited to have you guys on i believe uh tim uh up in Asheville referred to y'all as possibly the best run professional club in the carolinas yeah wow yeah, yeah. That's, wow <laughs> he's, he's making me blush a little and I, I know people are watching but uh He's making me blush a little bit there. That's that's very kind of him. And and we had a great visit with those guys um, last season. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, our hope is that we can we can continue to develop that relationship. And you know, based on how uh, you know how things play out here um, with with the leagues and things, that, that that may be a real cool opportunity for for both us and Nashville. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we usually like to start these off by having our guests kind of introduce themselves. So uh, I'd just like to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, how you got involved with the Triumph and soccer in general. Sure. Um, well, again, my name's Chris Lewis. I'm the president of Greenville Triumph SC and USL League One. Um, this is my third season. Um, I was announced as president of the team when uh, the club was announced by USL that Greenville was going to be getting uh, a club. Mm-hmm. and uh, have been, I guess I was the first official uh, full-time employee hired. And uh, have, so I've been there from, from day one and a bit before day one as a consultant with, Joe, with the Irwins. And, um, you know, I've had a great run. I've been in sports about just 25 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of that in hockey prior to the triumph, uh, I was the president and general manager of the Greenville, now the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. They were the Greenville Road Warriors when I moved down to, to South Carolina. Um, so the, the vast majority of my time has been spent at all levels of pro hockey. But this was kind of a neat um, kind of come full circle for me because growing up, my first love was soccer. I grew up with the, the late 70s, early 80s Cosmos and New York Arrows and the MISL. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Ben has seen uh, my, my Arrows jersey that I'm very proud of on, online at one point. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this, this was neat for me. And uh, to, to be able to do it uh, when, when the ownership changed with the hockey team in Greenville, uh, you know, I told my wife we weren't moving because we loved Greenville. And I said, if that means I have to become a civilian and get a real job, then, then so be it. Thankfully, uh, I knew Joe Irwin for a couple of years at that point, And uh, he called me and said, hey, I'm working on a project that I think your background could uh, be real helpful for. Can you come talk to me? And, and away we went. Awesome. So um, one of the things we're definitely curious about is uh, 
Greenville Triumph was announced as one of the founding clubs for the USLW. And uh, I was just curious, uh, what went into you guys joining on and uh, starting a women's team? Uh, how's that worked with y'all's philosophy? And what made you guys want to be one of the first clubs to do that? Well, the mission, the mission of our club is, is to bring joy and, and unity to our community through mm-hmm. the sport and through the game. So, um, you know, the base mission for, for Triumph is no matter what your political affiliation, your lifestyle choice, your religion, right, for 90 plus minutes, you know, 14 plus times a season, Folks can, you know, ideally, once we get there, hopefully, I think in July, we will get back there. But 4,000 people could gather at our stadium and root for the same thing, which is at the end of when the referee blows that final whistle, we have more goals than they do. Hmm. Um, Part of that as well is the inclusion of soccer. One of the things that really drew the Irwins to the sport itself uh, and to look for the other ones to get into pro sports was um, the fact that soccer is so diverse and, and that there's a lot of inclusion in soccer that you don't necessarily see in other sports. Now, every sport, I think, you know, these days is, is making a move toward that. But, you know, three years ago, soccer was probably the most inclusive sport. It's the world's game. Greenville is a very international community with the likes of BMW and Michelin and uh, a number of, of companies that, you know, some Swedish companies. So with, with that influence here and, and, you know, countries where football is the primary sport that people live for, um, they felt that that was the right fit. The next progression of that, obviously, is it was very important. And I came from at the hockey team, I'd say at least half my staff was women. Um, with the soccer team, you know, Joe and I had talked about it and he was, you know, he was very adamant about making sure that we had a good representation of women um, within our front office. And, you know, his sense, his one thing that he always says to us is he always wants to have a woman's opinion. Um, So there's any number of things that we've done. There has been at least one woman involved in making the decision process just because we feel like they think about things differently. So they'll bring a perspective that, you know, three guys sitting in a room, if it's me, Doug and Joe may not, or four if John's in there. Um, so, so that was a piece of it. Obviously myself, Joe, Doug, we're all married. So we have wives. And then in the case of Joe and myself, we both have daughters. And in my case, my daughter plays. So there's an intrinsic interest in it. We knew that we needed to build things out. And Joe at one point was talking about potentially adding a league two team to the mix um, but we said, you know, let's, let's get our own backyard in order first with the first team. We'll grow from there. So, you know, there was a lot of talk back and forth. And, and when we were doing the research and the due diligence on um, whether this was a thing that Joe definitely wanted to do in terms of, of the triumph, one of the things we looked at were the measurables and metrics with regard to youth soccer in the area. And the girls game in South Carolina is actually growing faster than the boys game. So that, that was another indicator. We have our fan base is split just about 50, 50 demographically between men and women. Um, so it just seemed like a natural fit. And uh, as, as we, we got triumph launched and, and had some, you know, had some success, 
the conversations became more and more. And, and eventually that turned into Joe having some conversations with the league office. And we kind of found out what their plan, you know, the plan that they had. And, and we said, we definitely want to be part of that. And we want to be a leader in, in unrolling something like that. Um, not only in the upstate, but with the league. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that you guys are taking that initiative. So I'm curious from how your organization standpoint are you planning on, you know, bringing in more staff specifically for the women's team? Is the women's team like, is it going to be kind of a thing of like, it's one club, two teams, or are they going to be kind of separate entities that are both kind of owned by the same people? No, it'll, it'll definitely be, it'll definitely be one club, two teams. Now those teams may have separate identities, mm -hmm. um, but it, it will, there will, you will know that they're related. Mm -hmm. um, regard. I mean, we haven't made a decision per se on whether they're going to hold the triumph moniker or not, mm -hmm. but, um, it was, it, it's something that, um, you know, Joe in particular, but the Irwin, you know, the Irwin family, um, felt it was, it was important in terms of staff. Um, you know, we obviously need a, you know, a coach and a, and a bit of a technical staff for, um, for that team. Our, I think we'd like to see that position filled by a woman that has ideally, you know, Greenville upstate South Carolina connectivity and connection. Mm -hmm. um, that's not to say that it, it wouldn't be a man, but um, we'd like to see that. We think it provides some opportunity for the women in our office. Right now, our office is at least half women. Mm -hmm. um, they're, you know, on our senior management team, uh, there's, one, two, three women that, that sit on that, that team, uh, you know, each day. So I think that there's opportunity there too. It provides some opportunity for not only for players, but from a front office perspective for us to enable some of the employees that we have now to grow into maybe bigger positions um, on a day-to-day -day basis with the women's team. Again, with our team, everybody's going to share in, in the duties and things, but mm -hmm. there are certainly going to be some folks where their focus may be a bit more on the women's side than, mm -hmm. than on the first team side. And um, our, you know, in terms of adding staff, I think at some point we're going to have to. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that anyone could debate that, you know, having seen the Irwins in action now for, you know, three years, I guess, total and, and, you know, two going on two and a half seasons um, that if they're going to do something, they, they don't do it halfway. They, they go all out and want to make it quality and, and the best. So um, this women's team is going to be run that way. Um, and, and for us, it's very important that things are equitable and there's certain things we can't do because of amateur status and the things that you have to protect that you can do with pro players. Um, but, but from the basic type of things, we're looking to create as much equity, you know, between the two squads as we can. And, and a part of that is opportunity for staff and, and front office. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So you, you, just to be clear, like on the branding, you said y'all haven't quite decided yet whether they'll have the triumph moniker or their own separate thing just yet. No, we have we haven't decided yet. Um, there's been conversation about both. Yeah. Um, you know whether they they bear the triumph name um, or, or they have their own identity. Um, I, I think I, I think you know to a degree 
there's some real cachet to them having their own identity, but having similarities where again, it's, it's unmistakable that they're connected. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen the argument both ways. As long as y'all don't do like lady triumph or something like that, I think they'll, y'all knock it out of the park. Um, you mentioned well, uh, and, and our owner, our owner's a branding guy. So just adding lady in front of the team's not going to work for him. So. Yeah. No. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned before how at one point y'all were talking about possibly uh, a league two team as well. And uh, then y'all shifted focus. And I, I noticed, you know, with this league being uh, amateur, I was like, well, it would make sense if you're doing a women's amateur side, you might consider a men's amateur side. Is there any plans for that down the road? To have a team in League Two, there, there's always. I mean, Joe Irwin is nothing if not a visionary. So he's looking. And one of the nice things about working for someone like that is because it's one. It's one of his talents. And I'm more of a kind of in the now and maybe a year down the road kind of person. Yeah. Um, Joe is looking five, seven years down the road. So I don't think anything's out of the question. And and depending upon how the club continues to evolve and, and build out um, what happens with facilities, uh, both training and, and game. Um, I, I think that will in part dictate how expansive our club gets, but I certainly don't think that a, a league two side is out of the question at some point. Gotcha. All right. So to, to shift gears a little bit, um, I'm really curious from your perspective, both because um, the club uh, Greenville Triumph has made it uh, profoundly apparent that they want to embrace different communities that have been more embraced uh, in the last year or so um, in offline, off Twitter, whatever. We've had conversations in regards to that and how the, the club has um, kind of shifted gears uh, or refocused some things in that vein, uh, whether it's the, Together We Triumph patch that was done um, doing a Pride Month, uh, designating a match as a Pride match this uh, month and uh, amplifying players' voices and things like that. Um, I'm really curious from your perspective um, what you've learned from that experience because, as you said, you've been in sports for 20-plus years. Um, how that's, like, maybe – helped you grow as a, as a staff member, as a person, things along those lines, um, considering all that's transpired in the last year, growth of the club and whatnot and, and, and everything like that. Yeah. For sure. Um, last year was, um, was a challenge on a lot of different fronts. I mean, you know, the most obvious being the pandemic. Um, but then when things societally and culturally started to, you know, to change and evolve. And, um, you know, obviously with, with the George Floyd incident and, and everything that kind of stemmed from there and, and, and went on from there, um, there were a lot of things that, you know, we had to deal with as a club, um, you know, feelings wise, per, you know, people wise. Um, and, it, it was, it honestly, guys, was, was one of the more challenging things that I've ever dealt with in my career. Um, you know, in hockey, we had a couple things that, that we had to deal with along the way, but one of people always ask me, you know, what's the difference between hockey and soccer for the most part? And I think one of the real differences is 
the interaction that as a front office person you have with your fan base in hockey. I certainly interacted with our fan base and um, you know, here the fan base was more involved in Facebook and I'm not on Facebook. So it was different where soccer seems to be a more Twitter based kind of um, universe. And, and I am on there. So, you know, just from my own personal perspective, I was able to interact more that way, but it was a little bit different interaction and the supporter group culture and, and those kinds of things. It's very different than say the fan club, you know, kind of culture, if you can call it that in, in hockey. So that was different. Um, the players are, are a bit, you know, are a bit different to deal with um, in, in any number of ways. So for us, there was, you know, when things were going on and, and all the, the social justice and, and, and equality talks were going on, um, you know, you, you had kneeling during the anthem kind of rampant across the, you know, across the country. Um, there were things we had to deal with there because we had, just like the country, you know, we had diverging opinions in, in our club. And it wasn't so much, nobody thought that, you know, the racism was, was good or, or that, you know, inequity was good. But people have, you know, when you bring the anthem and the flag and things into play, people have very passionate convictions about those things. And I was, we had three full club players, coaches, staff at Zooms, owners, um, to talk through this stuff because we didn't want any, any person in our club to feel marginalized or feel like their voice or opinion didn't matter. So trying to navigate all of that was, was rough. I mean, it was, you know, because you're trying to make everyone happy and, and feel included and heard um, at the same time. You have to be, I mean, it's just the fact you, you have to be cognizant of the optics of everything that you do. Um, we were probably later on putting out a statement because we didn't want to just have the same thing that everybody else was putting out and have nothing behind it. So, um, you know, interesting, you mentioned the patch, Ben, interestingly enough, that, that patch actually, I'll give credit where credit's due, was my wife's idea. Uh, we were talking one night and she said, you know, you should try and do something that has like hands of different skin colors, like together, like put it, like she had said, putting in like the players put in in the huddle. And then we ended up coming up with the design that we did. Um, and I thought it represented things well and it tied, it was authentic because it tied into a model that we already had and it was very relevant. So that was a piece, something that we haven't really announced and we haven't because it's not about that. It's about what we're doing internally and the conversations that we've had as a front office and with our players about taking action, not just doing things that are fashionable or, or symbolic. Um, we created an internal committee and it's about 12 people. It's pretty evenly split between front office and players. And that committee has taken on um, different objectives. So we, we wanted, we didn't want to be all over the place. We wanted to keep it manageable. So there's a couple people, I guess it's about 10 people. There's a couple people assigned to each category. And one is like law enforcement, community relationships. Um, we're working with United Way, which we've worked with on other initiatives yes. on education and communication, um, some community engagement on that front. We're actually working with our training facility partners and Bob Jones with an internal um, staff slash student um, 
equity and um, diversity committee that they have. They were already doing work in the community. The other thing was too, is we're trying, let's not reinvent the wheel. There are folks that are doing this and have some traction. Let's try and join forces. And the first place we were looking was to our partners. Um, we're doing men, some mentoring kind of big brother type appearances with players and then doing kick arounds after it. Doug and I have gone out a couple of times and chatted at um, uh, community centers, um, you know, for after school programs and things like that. And, and then we're also working closely with the Urban League of the Upstate here, too, on some of their diversity initiatives and their education and communication initiatives. We're doing some fundraising with them with regard to um, some training kits. And, and, and what's neat about it is, for me as the president, to see the front office staff and our players working hand in hand. Uh, things that have nothing to do with really nothing to do with the on-field product. And, and to me, that's, that's pretty cool. And it was neat to see it evolve. And it's neat now to see how those players in the front office staff are working on their particular initiative without me running a zoom meeting or without me running a conference call, they're doing it on their own and they're communicating with each other. And it, it's created, you know, we, we, our models together, we triumph. And, and we talk about soccer family and, and we reiterate over and over and over again that those aren't just words and they're not just hashtags or cool things to say or things that we think the community will see as being, oh, that's so neat. Um, we live it. And to see the staff and the players working together like that, it is really, it's rewarding. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate you kind of uh, giving a peek behind the curtain there and, and, really just being willing to answer a type of question like that, because it is kind of a, uh, a difficult question in some ways to answer. Um, so I definitely appreciate you shedding some light on that subject and, and being willing to answer that type of a question um, to kind of shift gears again. Um, I'm curious as far as like a big picture question goes, because uh, as you alluded to it towards the beginning, um, it, it's no secret that the triumph have been very successful on the pitch, off the pitch, um, winning a championship in the first couple years of their existence and, and really just being involved in the community uh, like they have been. Um, what do you feel has been the catalyst to drive that success, to drive that um, impact in the community and, and really growing a fan base from nothing, essentially? Um, and what, may, may, what maybe has been some of the challenges that have come up during all that? It's going to sound like I'm sucking up, but it's really, it starts with ownership. Um, you know, I've said before and, you know, probably in the media at some point, he, he probably gets embarrassed when I say it, but you know, if, if there was going to be a Mount Rushmore of green villains, if Joe Irwin's not on it, he's absolutely in the conversation. And for the Irwin family, Greenville is their home and has been forever. The, the Irwins still live in the same house Doug grew up in, in you know, in you know, right here in, in Taylor. So it, it's you know, Joe went to high school here. It, it's it's that kind of connectivity that makes all the difference in the world. And and I've seen it firsthand now because I worked for an organization in the hockey team where we had a great owner. That he's, a, he's a fantastic person, um, but he was he didn't live here. He wasn't here. And people were, when he was in town, people loved meeting him. He's very engaging, great, great, great guy. I still talk to him often. 
but he wasn't here. Joe's here. There, the Joe, Ir the Irwin brand is where it all starts. And it's what we have to be as protective of as we are of this. And um, so it, it starts there. But that community connection, you know, the Irwins aren't in this to make money. They're, they're in this to give, in essence, give a gift to the community that hopefully will be a gift that continues to give, you know, maybe long after Joe's involvement is, is done with, with, with this. Um, but it, it, it starts with ownership and then it just becomes, you know, it, again, that if we're going to do it, we're going to do it the right way. And we're not perfect. We've made mistakes along the way. There's things that we can constantly get better doing. Um, you know, after each match, we, we have, you know, a meeting to talk about what went right, what went wrong. Um, so I, I think the driver is just trying to deliver the best experience we can to live the mission of the club and to live our motto of together we triumph and do it while representing our ownership and our community the best we can. I mean, one of the first things when, when John and I started talking about building a roster, the first things we talked about was character and integrity. And that's as important as technical skill. John Harks doesn't recruit guys that, that don't, that have questionable integrity or character. So it starts there and it just, it emanates throughout the club. Um, I don't know if I answered your question all, all the way. Was there a piece I missed? Or? No, I think you did a great job. And I think uh, just continuing to reiterate, to reiterate that fact of how important uh, ownership is and being in the community and being in physically in the community, uh, I think is hugely important and doesn't get enough credit or attention, uh, I think anyways. Um, in closing, because you did, you did talk about how the club, the, the triumph are always looking forward and, and uh, looking to the next step. Um, what do you think fans can look forward to in, uh, for the next progress of the club past USLW? And, and, and I've got to ask, um, are there plans for a stadium? What does that look like? And yeah, we, we've got eight minutes on the Zoom, I think. So okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, sum I'll summarize quickly because this way too, I won't get in trouble for divulging anything. Yeah. Um, in terms of the future, <laughs> well, we have to come up with a name, right? And, and name a coach for the women's team. Um, but in terms of the immediate future, there's certainly going to be a brand on bail. So, the, so the, the league did their announcement and we were part of that. And I'm sure you guys saw Joe and, and Doug um, on that or on that, uh, the YouTube channel when they, when they did each market announcement. We're going to do something that's going to be more upstate centric when we have the team name and brand, um, that'll be more of a production. Like when we launched the triumph brand, uh, we obviously have to name a coach. That'll be another thing to look forward to. We, we have to come out with ticket plans and pricing and all of that kind of thing. Um, you know, going beyond that, you know, like I said, there, there's really nothing that's, that's not on the table for the future. Um, whether it's a league two team, whether it's delving more deeply into the youth space. Uh, one of the neat things that um, was a prelude to the women's announcement was the USL Academy cup teams that we sent mm -hmm. to Tampa. Um, they did great. The, the U13 boys team went unbeaten. Um, the girls team dropped their first two matches, but then won their next two. 
And that was a team, it was a U17 team by name, um, but it was comprised of girls as, as young as 14, 15 years old. Um, so that was kind of neat. And to see, that's when too, it was kind of reinforcement of the women, the whole women's project and, and what we're doing with, with the women's team. Being down there, and I was down there seven, I'd say 70% as, as a dad, um, and, and 30%, I say, as, as our, our soccer ops guys intern, um, running and getting water and, and things for them. But um, seeing the, the, sorry about the dog, seeing, seeing the reaction of the girls there, the parents of those girls, standing on the sideline with the parents for both teams, they were so grateful and, and pleased with the experience um, that it, it, it just reinforced that we were doing the right thing there. Now that said, our position with regard to the youth space has been, we want to get along with everybody and we want to play nice in the same box with everybody. There are, you know, there are three primary clubs here. There are a number of, of other clubs that, that are here and they do a great job. And we want to support that because first and foremost, we want to grow the game and we want to, we want to make the game strong from the grassroots. So we need to make sure that that pool is strong. Now that said, you talk about development projects. Um, we're absolutely researching on a for, as a, what I deem it a forever home. Yeah. Um, legacy is, is an amazing, uh, it's an amazing spot. Uh, you know, Ben, I think you've been there um, mm -hmm. for matches. It's a cool environment. Um, especially when there's three, 4,000 people in the, in the stands, it's, uh, it's loud, it can be intimidating and it's just a cool setting. You know, it's just that green, but when the sun's going down in green, but it's just, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but as we've talked about on, you know, uh, on during this chat, the club's evolving, the club's growing, mm -hmm. um, Joe, the, the Irwins and Joe in particular is a visionary. So we're going to do the women's team. We're going to do it great. And then it's on, he's going to be on to the next thing. I would imagine by wintertime, I'll be having conversations with him about what the next thing is. Mm -hmm. So right now um, there are conversations going on with regard to a stadium. There's nothing that's imminent, um, but, but there, you know, there are conversations with a number of different groups and it, it varies from groups that have land to developers that are doing other projects where a stadium could potentially enhance a project that's already going on um, at some point, you know, Bob Jones, again, has been great and, and the relationship has been good and we have great facilities for, I think for a club of, you know, at this level. Um, but at some point you add a women's team, if you add a, you know, a men's amateur team at some point, like we're going to need more and we're going to need to have facilities that are within our control that we're not asking permission or checking the schedule or, you know, when the coaches need to train, they need to train. Um, if we want to play a friendly or an exhibition, we, we can go play. Um, so that, that's where we're heading. Uh, the future is super bright. I really feel, you know, the fact that we had our best crowd of the season last night on a Wednesday night um, yep. really is encouraging to us. And, uh, and we feel that we're starting to kind of turn a corner. And obviously the whole world is really with coming out of COVID and that kind of thing. But, but in our own little world here um, where things are starting to creep back to kind of normal, um, 
uh, you know, I, I think we're encouraged by what we've seen in terms of support. We're very encouraged by the reaction to the women's team announcement. Uh, I was at an event, you know, last weekend, and uh, I talked about the women's team as much as I did the men's team, just to fans who had an interest. So I, I think, we're, you know, we're certainly going to continue to look to evolve the club and grow it. Um, the most immediate thing is the women's team, but there's certainly facilities that we're having conversations about and could very well become part of the conversation in, you know, the next six months to a year. Mm, very cool. Well, we were about to lose the Zoom, so we're going to have to end this conversation here. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time, Chris Lewis. And uh, I've got to mention this too, because I have to mention it on the podcast. And you touched base on uh, uh, the reception of the women's team. I talked to my mom the other day, not a soccer fan, like the first thing she mentioned to me was, did you hear that the Greenville's getting a women's team? And I was like, yes, I did. How did you hear about this? She heard it on the local news, of course, but I thought that was something I've got to bring up. Um, but that being said, um, I do got to end the conversation. Once again, thank you very much, Chris Lewis. Uh, thank you, Chris, for, for joining me again, of course. Uh, it's great to do a podcast again with another person and not do it solo. But uh, yeah, I, we don't have a sign off either. So this will be the, the end of the podcast. Yeah, thank you so well, much, Chris. Oh, it's my, my pleasure, guys. And I appreciate you having me on. I, I feel kind of honored that we're the first pro club to, uh, to you know, adorn the, uh, this podcast. And uh, Chris, it was nice to meet you. And yep. uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll see you guys at Triumph Stadium soon. Yeah, it'd be great. Absolutely. Ben? I know it's been like seven episodes, <laughs> but I am sleepy. I am tired. I got this job that I didn't know I was going to have when I started <laughs> this thing. And I am basically um, like kind of out of it at the moment. So I think we might need a break for the summer. What do you think? I think that's fair. I think we should roll a, an, an audio clip of our favorite moments and do a flashback on this season. Yeah, uh, clip like show. Like they did in episode two of uh the clerks the animated series that oh. probably no one has watched um, what a callback oh my god i, I haven't I had thought about that, that show up. in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't thought about it until like this moment or like the other day when i was thinking about that joke but yeah i think uh seriously um i think it is time for a, like an intermission it's just like the the in between of a theater show except for this is a podcast and it's amateur soccer based yeah. um and like the dozens said, of you might be upset, but you know, we have our reasons. Does somebody may be annoyed? Maybe nobody will. Who knows? Um, yeah. but yeah, like you said, your your schedule is kind of getting crazier than uh than you anticipated. My schedule may be getting crazier too. Someone um, might get a promotion. Yeah, I, I'll take <laughs> it. I if it's uh if it comes with more money, then I'll take it. And if not, yeah. we'll just have to keep podcasting. So everyone <laughs> will know if I didn't get the promotion at this point. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, just on a personal note, like when I wanted to start this back up, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to help me get back into soccer. It's going to be fun. And I just feel like with this job that I've had to put, you've had to do more than your share. Like you've basically scheduled every uh, guest. Um You've come up with almost all because like I usually like to research things a bit and we come up with questions together. You've done all of it. And I've basically just kind of shown up, done the questions real quick, but not even really looked them over. Just kind of like looked them over real quick and change the thing real quick if I want to. But I just feel like I'm not able to invest as much as I would want into this. and I don't want to half ass it. 
yeah. and you know, and then I do the editing and that's it. But I mean, like, well, I don't know. That's I, important. Because the whole thing about this, we're obviously not in it for the money. We're amateurs. That's our whole thing. And <laughs> I, I want to have fun we'll with lose it. lose our a- amateur status if we take Right. It. Absolutely. So um, I, w- we're not gone for the year, though, guys. Um, UPSL is an amateur league that does stuff in the fall. So uh, by the fall, I should be done with my rigorous training program with my job. And not that I won't be busy, but it won't be so much studying after I'm getting paid. It's more or less when I'm getting paid, it's when I'm working. And when I'm not getting paid, I'm not working. Whereas now it feels like I'm working every minute I, I'm awake. So mm-hmm. at that point, I think I'll be able to not only have time for it, but to be able to do it well. And hopefully by then, if you did get the promotion, you'll be more used to that sort of thing. And we can both carve out time and uh, do this thing right. Because I definitely want to learn about the 27 UPSL clubs within a 10-mile radius. And, (laughs) you know, and, you know, we just had, you know, Triumph on. And uh, I I do want to expand a little more. Like, hell, maybe this fall we can go to a Triumph game. Uh, Maybe next year we can go to a Chattanooga game, even though they're not amateur. But I want to experience more awesome soccer. But I also want to do that at a time where I can pay attention. Because, like, yesterday, the time of recording – uh, I went to Asheville's game when they came to Charlotte uh, for the Eagles. It was doubleheader, but the men's and women's team played. And um, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I mean, I could watch the game, but I had no idea how good the women's team were or how good the men's team was. Tim had to tell me everything, and that's not normal for me. Usually I'm on top of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like for the listeners, but more or less for me, I need some time. Yeah, I think that's totally fair because I share in your uh, sentiment that uh, you want to do it well or as well as two amateurs can do anyways. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, so after seven episodes, including I guess you could kind of call last week's Eclipse show. Uh, uh, it was it was clip of. from I mean, not not a clip show of ours, but we literally just took the audio from another podcast, dropped it into to this one. And yeah, so I hope you all enjoyed it's like that a crossover episode, which I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, the dozens of you don't unsubscribe. We will be back, I promise. But uh, yeah, I got to go study stuff. So yay. And I just thought I was done with school. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say to the listeners, Benjamin? Uh, not that I can think of. No, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're listening to this and you know an amateur story that needs to be covered or you are an amateur story that needs to be covered, um, we're still going to be on Twitter. I'll, yeah. I'll still be there. Um, tweet at us maybe we'll have you on in the fall or maybe we can just tweet back at you or something i don't know yeah yeah all right well thank you listeners bye-bye Bye. i wave like we're still on video now you all watch the video and i'm really upset i put a lot of work into that video editing for like five views so mad at y'all <laughs>